Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome on Gold Gypsy! Yeah! <laughs> Reporting royalty by uh, what a guy. Reporting royalty, sorry. He's taking us for a wee beer after it as well. What a man. This will be the shortest interview in history because Jess promises a beer. What a guy, Jeff. Absolute pleasure. How are you, mate? You alright? To be honest with you, um, I worked with an awful lot of Scots at Sky very early on, a, a large number. And they instilled in us a certain hospitality. And always, always the rule was when we used to have studio guests, etc. No matter who they were, afterwards we'd go for a drink. We always used to say, "Guests don't pay." So wow. absolutely, my guest. He never brings was. his fucking wallet anyway. So I don't have my wallet still in the house. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, what's your overlap thing, didn't we? Brilliant. Interviewing Gary brilliant. Neville. So we're going to ask you some quick fires of that, sorry. Yeah, sure. Neville, carry For a night out or night out? Hey, let's a go night out. Carry get on it. Ah. Do you know that, is it? I know it's supposed to be a quick fire. No, no split. Both, both, both mad as fish. Are they? Both great are fun. They? Yeah, both love a night out as well. Really? Yeah, no split, no split. I thought Neville would be quite, quite born on a night Quite serious. No, no. I remember one time I was out with Gary and um, we were the last men standing, although I wasn't standing. We ended, it was about six in the morning <laughs> and we were in a, a Chinese restaurant in London and uh, I managed to bounce down it on my head um, due to... <laughs> alcohol and i slept on the end of his bed at st pancras hotel on the you know like the little settee thing at the end of the bed and he took a picture of me and i had a great big gash on the side of my head and the next day uh, i was interviewing patrice evra uh, at carrington i went up there and the interview was like that it was all set up like this and i said to the camera which way he said you're there i went now turn around the other way so i was this side on i was absolutely fine <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that. Yeah. but does gary yeah. still talk until the film um, I, I think they what they do because obviously Phil's in America they still wear the same gym jams I think that's a kind of solidarity Margarita pyjamas isn't it yeah 100% yeah. right next one Sir Alex or Arsene Wenger oof belter is this night out or? so just get as a guy who did you got on the better again can't split different no. com- completely different people both fantastic blokes um, in, to be honest with you if you, you're chuckling the big names I'd put Jose in there as well just fantastic. Have you oh, ever, can I ask you as well? Sorry to interrupt you, but I know that's it's an a you can ask. Sir, <laughs> is uh, you've had a glass of wine with Ferguson, Wenger, or Mourinho? If or I've them? had one, no, have you ever? Yeah, all three, many times. How did that come about? I asked for it. And um, so, in Fergie's office? Yeah, many times, and also uh, with Arsene. I had lunch with Arsene many times, and Jose uh, gave me a lift on his plane once. So good as gold. Wow, we don't get any of this. It's unbelievable. Look, I know I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Okay? You're good at what you're doing, mate, aren't you? Uh-huh. Look, it's, that's kind of you to say, but I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I know that. And when you get to know these people and they trust you and you've still got a working relationship, they know at times you're going to ask them questions that they don't particularly want to answer. But there's still, there's still room for friendship there. There's still room for a relationship. There's still room for a respect. So glass of wine, no problem at all. What did Wenger have for his lunch, just quickly? Oh, um, he always has the same. He has steamed vegetables and grilled white fish. Bit boring, that, isn't yeah, red, red wine. He'll have red wine. Yeah. Wow, nice. Uh, right, pepper clock. I know that's a hard one. 
Is that still working? <laughs> Get, it's not okay, it's not hard, but they are they're completely different people. Are they different? They too, sorry, Jeff, from like Sir Alex and Wenger, but could you yep. go for coffee, uh, a wine with them, a lunch with them? Oh, no. definitely. Definitely. You say you are in a different world, just too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you mean would they invite me? Aye. Would you go for a lunch with they two now? No. Probably it's changed in terms Aye. of the biggest thing is you used to go in the, the manager's office for a, a glass of wine after a game, but now the media is so big. They they don't just do Sky. They've got all the international yeah. channels. They've got the other broadcasters. They've got the radio. So they they do like half an hour. They don't get time to have a drink together anymore, which is a great showing because it used to be a real That's good. That, I? Oh, it used to be a really big tradition. The managers shake hands, come and have a drink in the office, and always, no matter. No matter. Was that the Thierry Henry thighs? Right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was letting him know that I'm going to ask you next question. They're good, these boys, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Good, and I mean, they're almost telepathetic, aren't they? <laughs> have, you, have you ever done anything like that before? Or touch someone on the leg? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I know, I know you're not going to no split these two, but Celtic or Rangers? There's one, Paul. Because we've asked them after and we know the answer, so. I would have to say Rangers. Probably for, for Graham Souness. You love Souness, don't you? Yeah, I love him. Trains are new everything. Graham, Graham is, is Graham, as he calls me. Uh, I call him. He says, yes, Jeffrey. Because he's got those lovely rounded Scottish vowels, those Edinburgh vowels. And he is just unashamedly um, a single-minded person who knows what he likes. Brilliant. And he'll listen very quietly and carefully to your point of view and completely ignore you. And <laughs> he's brilliant. He's done it all. Player, manager. How is he on the social side? Graham. Oh, exceptional. Loves it. Graham he's a whiskey man, he only drinks whiskey. Tommy, told me a great story once. He said, um, he said, I was at this auction. He said, and he knows his wines quite well. He said, a, a, a case or two, it's a charity auction, and my favourite wine has come up. And he said, so I'm sitting, at the, I've gone to see some friends at the other end room sitting chatting. So we're chatting, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said, he said, I'm starting to get into territory that I don't like. And he said, but as you know me, as you know me, Jeffrey, I don't back down. And he said, so I'm, and he said, I'm well past what I should be paying. He said, still, he said, so I think, right, I'll stand up, I'll have a look. And if it's somebody I've got no chance, there's no point in going any further. He said, I look up and bidding against me is the worst possible person in the world. I start reeling off all these really wealthy people I know Graham knows. He said, no, my own wife. I said, what? He said, I went over. I said to her, what are you doing, darling? She said, well, I know you really like that wine, but there's some fella at the other end of the room that keeps bidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's been bidding against himself. <laughs> well, on that note, soon as are keen, two hard men. Different eras. It's like when players, when they say, oh, do you think he could have played in this era? Different players can, you know, good players can play in any era. So how, how do you compare the ah, two? Yeah. Imagine, imagine those two playing together. 15 each other, wow. Oh. <sighs> Dangerous. What about Ronaldo or Messi? Last one. Uh, last two, I've got one more after this. Right, okay, last two. Ronaldo or Messi? Mm -hmm. Do you know what, as a journalist, I, I've not answered a single one of these, have I? I'm, I'm conscious of that. Again, completely different in that uh, Messi can create individually on his own. Ronaldo needs feeding, but he can execute from the most ridiculous angles. It, Knows his stuff. He's brilliant. I love your voice. It's amazing. My voice is... Um, so good. It's like Michael Caine with a cold, isn't it? It's like Michael Caine. <laughs> I've, got I've got a terrible voice, but it's my voice. Have you had the book sent No, we've not been sent it, no. You know the Michael Caine story, don't you? It's no, it's it. Come on. So, 1998, England under Glenn Hoddle, they've got to go to Rome to get a point. Nil-nil right. uh, end up. They got the point, which meant they qualified for France 1998. So um, we all in the in the office at Sky, we used to give big games titles, a bit like boxing. Uh, we call them showdown, face-off, the decider, that sort of thing. So we're all sat in the office, all chatting around, and I said, "Well, it's obvious what this is, isn't it?" And they went, "What?" I said, "They've got to go to Italy, bring something back. It's the Italian job. We need Michael Caine." And they've all turned around and go, yeah, great. And we also need about 250 grand to get him to do it. All right. So I went away and I found, uh, I got given a number for his world manager, which amused me because if that's his world manager, does somebody do extraterrestrial for him? But anyway, <laughs> so I got a number. This is Friday afternoon. I send off this fax Friday afternoon. 
and um, I'll never forget where I was. And um, I said, uh, I was outside Top Street, Top Shop in Oxford Street, and walking down, the phone rings. Hello, is that Jeff? Yes, it is. This is Michael Kane. Now, I worked with a colleague who, well, it was Richard Keyes, who was, who was an excellent presenter, but also one of the best mimics you ever heard. I went, fuck off, Keyesy. <laughs> <laughs> at, at which point the, vo the voice went, uh, now, I got your facts. I said, come on, come on. He wouldn't ring himself, he wouldn't ring this quickly. I don't know that much. I said, that is Michael Caine, isn't it? He said, yes. He said, do you know the Canteen restaurant? I said, yeah, you own it. It's in Chelsea Harbour. Uh, he said, can you be there tomorrow at one o'clock for an interview? I said, absolutely. And then he said, I'll be wearing a suede jacket. I said, well, I know what you look like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, turn up. And he was magnificent. He was wonderful. So, <laughs> at one point in the interview, I said to him, I said, so in your long and illustrious career, did you ever get to know any of the footballers at all? And he went, well, before he passed, Bobby Moore and Pele are good mates of mine. I'd forgotten his going to victory. I felt such a oh, plan. Oh, in the vault. Of course he was. So anyway, chat, chat, chat. He's brilliant. He said, anything else? I said, would you do me a promo? He said, what sort of... I said, I've written a little script. He said, no problem. I said, look, just look down the barrel of the lens. Just go. Listen, Glenn, I tried to pull off the Italian job, but didn't quite make it. Good luck to you and the boys. So he does it. He goes, how's that? I said, look, just do it once more. Like, really give it full beans, really. And I went, am I telling Direction. Sir Michael Caine how <laughs> to act? Do that? He said, you are, son, but it's enthusiasm and I like it. And he did it again. Never asked for a penny and he was absolutely wonderful. Oh, oh yeah. What, what team is he? He didn't really have a team. No. Um, I, I think he grew up near Charlton, but the old adage, the bigger the star... The nicer they are. Brilliant, isn't it? Definitely brilliant. He was fantastic. That's why you're an arse, isn't it? Aye. Don't want to spend time with me. <laughs> but anyway, we just owned it. Was that, so there's that story from the book. Yeah. So we actually interviewed Mark Cately, didn't we? Uh, so every so he's bringing a book out, and we every question we it's asked... It's the story about his dad, isn't it? And uh, Tommy Doc and Shanks. He wouldn't tell us. That's no, what, so, that was the thing. He wouldn't so tell us. He just said, read the book. Every question we said to him, he was just like, read the book. Uh -huh. But you're so obviously not going to be like that. Like you just told us about her. So in the book, well, what made you so decide? Story, what story, made you decide? About about, are you going to tell that as well? The story about his dad. Maybe we'll just sit there. <laughs> the doc, the doc was manager of Chelsea, and uh, Mark Hayley, his father was playing there at the time. Phone goes. Doc's in the office one day. Hello. Goes, Hello, Doc. It's Shanks. Hi, Shanks. How are you? So I'm good. I'm good. He said, uh, "Tell me, tell me about the boy Hayley." He said, "Oh, Shanks. He said, they've all been on." He said, I'm telling you now, Shanks. It's this boy. He can run with it. He can pass the ball. He can head it. He can hold it up. He can bring people into play. He can play with his back to play. He's got absolutely everything. He said, I'm telling you now, Shanks. 100,000 won't buy him. Shanks went, aye, and I'm one of them. Put the phone down. <laughs> <laughs> so how, what, how did you end up thinking now's the right time to bring your book out? Um, mixture of things. 30 years seemed a, a decent anniversary. Uh, and also, I wanted to... The, the two questions that I'm asked the most are, how did you get into what you do for a living? And also, and also, what's it like, what you do for a living? The answer to the first is frankly ridiculous. And the second, at times, is frankly ridiculous. So, and obviously, I've had a lot of stories over the years, but also... People are interested, like, you know, your pals say, oh, who did you meet today? Who did you interview? Chat, chat, chat. You, you just want to kind of lift the veil a little bit for people to see, you know, what our working life is like. I know, I know how lucky I am and what a great time I've had so far. So you just want people to kind of see what it's like. And you're the best in your field, aren't you? Because I'm, I'm not really aware of any other pit side... There's loads. There's loads. But I'm saying, I don't know why you've got such a, a big name for it. I know you could just Sky's go-to guy, but... It's probably because it, it's... Um, well, it's kind of you say that, thank you. But there's lots of really good touchline reporters there, out there. It's probably because I've done the most that you recognise me. And probably because of FIFA as well. That's, yeah. probably, that's probably more than anything else. It's probably got very little to do with actual talent or ability. And talking about no talent or no ability, you never made it as a football player? 
No. <laughs> Did you want her? Who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? Were you good? Well, in my mind, yes. Um, but I, um, well, I was, I was a box-to-box player. Right. Quality street to after eight. Uh, I, I think I invented walking football. Um, and it just, but, but I loved playing so much. I loved playing where I live in Hertfordshire. Played all the time. Played five-a-side on the AstroTurf for my mates in the week. But, and I, I played till I was 37, 38. So, because we didn't have games on a Saturday in those days. So I could play on a Saturday afternoon. Loved playing. Loved it. Did you ever get a kick a bit with this guy? Did people at this guy? Played with loads of people. Um, I played in games. Um, I played at Wembley. I played at. Same here. Played at Highbury. Played. played at, played at the Millennium Stadium. Uh, played at West Ham. Played, and when you play with all these legends, and you play with people who are 10, 15 years since they last played, and just the difference. <laughs> They're playing a different game. Just right. the timing. And the, but it's just it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Who was the best that you played that you thought off oh, and never realised how good he was? No, it was more case I realised how bad I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew how good they were. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so how did you? How did it then come about? You started in the media. Uh, luck, entirely luck. I was in was prop, I was in property when I was a kid. I left school uh, with very few qualifications and I went to work in a local estate agents. I was there. I got to know quite a few of the Arsenal players, and I got to know I got to know quite a few of them. And then, uh, and then I started building houses. And uh, I don't know. When I was young, there's four things I liked the most. Three, bog standard for most teenagers: football, <laughs> music, and socialising. So that was. A, but I don't know why, and it isn't in my family. I've always liked houses. Always liked buildings. To this day, I do. I still take an interest in them. So I needed the job. I was 18. I was unemployed. I wasn't going to university. So I stuck a, a note through these estate agents' doors and one of them took me on as an office junior and I loved that. And then I started building stuff and then there was a, a massive crash in the late 80s. Lost all my money, went skin. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I walked into my pal's office one day and he was on the phone. And he went, yep, yep, the bloke you need has just walked to my office. Yep, I sort it out. He put the phone down and... Um, it's my friend Kevin Luckhurst, his name is. I said, who's that? He said, my brother. He's got some work for you. I said, oh, great. I said, Brian, and his brother Brian, who I know. I said, was he need a garden clearing, a patio building? I said, I'd have taken anything. Although I wasn't a, a, a manual worker. We're talking skin, skin. Living on beans on toast, skin. And uh, he said, no, it's my brother Mick. I said, what, the ex-American footballer hosts Channel 4? He said, yeah, he's working at the 1990 World Cup. He wants someone to go with him. I went, all right. And that was it. And did you think you'd have a knack for that straight away, or were you about unsure? I had a... A little bit... I, had, I knew a little bit about football, but knowing, you know, it was embarrassing how little I knew. Uh, I mean, my research that I took included, like, a Panini sticker album. <laughs> we're talking less than amateur hour, and... Um, you still do that, don't you? <laughs> so it was... But I could... I could I could string words together. More importantly, I was I could talk I could talk to people. But it's funny thing is, people say to me, "Oh yeah, I bet you were a good estate agent because um, you're a good talker." No, the truth was the reason I was good at it was I'm a good listener. I listen to what people say, and most people don't. So it just went. And well, so I got lucky getting that job. So while I was there, I was networking and had a few contacts when I came home. But well, I got really lucky. It was in 1991. That's when Sky were just starting out. The year before they got the Premier League. So, you know, right place, right time. Yeah. So, Italian, is that your first gig doing media stuff? Yeah. That was the Gaza World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. Right. So, to, to be there, Bobby Robson and England and all that crowd, is a fantastic time. So, what did that job until that was, that, that was the interviewing people, was it? No, I was, I was what's called a spotter. So, say, right, you're Martin Tyler, you're Gary Neville. They don't have them in this country. Uh, in America, a guy sits in between them, say, I see something happen. I'll write a little post-it note and give it to them. So, that was it. I was a spotter. That's how you started to me, wasn't it? Look where you are now. Give me notes, please. Take me beside them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, when did you start with the, the football? Actually, interviewing footballers? Probably not till about seven or eight years after I joined Sky, because. Um, but I was just, I was just like a sponge. I was so keen to learn, and a lot of the people at Sky were ex-journalists. There was a guy called Andy Melvin, uh, who comes from Aberdeen. Uh, he was a journalist around uh, the time Fergie 
was doing great things with Aberdeen. He worked in Scottish television. He used to present, when um, used to be what was called On the Ball with St. and Greavesy down here. And they say, okay, let's go to Scotland for the latest. And it was Andy Melvin who used to present it. So he'd been a presenter and a reporter as well. So I had this guy who was a fantastic source of information. And now, by his own admission, he can be a miserable so-and-so. So at times it was like getting blood out of a stone, but it, from, from Andy, it was tough love. He was brilliant. He absolutely was brilliant for my career. And uh, it just, so I'd say, I'll go and ask him this question. No, you don't ask him that question because the emphasis is on that. That's not right. And he's not going to give you an answer. That it was just, it, I don't, I can never say it was better than going to a uni and studying media because I haven't done it. So I can't compare. But I had seven or eight years, not just Andy, but other people as well. Seven or eight years, seven days a week, morning, noon, night, learning how to do it. And you start out slowly, say there's an FA Cup, third round of the FA, well, first round of the FA Cup. We didn't have enough reporters, so there'll be Gabriel Clark or Nick Collins, people like this, big beasts, big guys who are well-known, who experienced pros. Well, who's going to go to Halifax? Me, I'll go, I'll go Halifax. So I'd go and do that. He'd learn to do it, bring it back, learn how to cut the piece in the edit suite. And you just slowly, slowly learn your trade like that. Nick Collins had an amazing moustache. It's kind of who I'm trying to... Well, he's got a proper moustache, yeah. hasn't he? Not like no, a wispy... It's, Gary Neville, it? it's a Gary Neville moustache. It's not fair on Gary Neville. <laughs> <laughs> See, early on, did you ever make an absolute arse in an interview? Did I ever? Yeah. Regularly. Like, like we are doing now. Regularly. Uh-huh. All the time, getting things Anyone wrong. Anyone that stands out, like... We're... It's the worst feeling in it. Oh, your heart oh, sinks. Uh-huh. Honestly. See some interviews I've done. Oof. Shocking. It, not so much... You, you get things wrong, you get uh, statistics wrong, you get names wrong, stuff like that. I mean, again, I've put loads in the book about people. I can get the easiest name wrong as well. But but that's all part of the learning curve. So it's um, it's funny. You said, you know, can you remember? Well, you talk about your very first interviews. It's not so much the first interviews I remember. I remember the first time I was actually in vision. So it wasn't just my voice, but I'd, you know, here, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so. I mean, it's fantastic, I've made it, I've arrived here. And the next day I was coming, I live in Hertfordshire, I'm coming into London, I'm on the train. I can see this guy, he keeps sort of looking over me like that, he keeps looking over me like that. Anyway, we get to St Pancras, he says, excuse me, he said, uh, i just asked you something, he said, are you Jeff Shreves? I said, yes, I am. He said, I thought so. I said, did you, see me on the programme last night then? He said, no, I remember my sister chucked you and you cried. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's there's, there's me thinking, I've made it in television. (laughs) Oh, that's unreal. That's amazing, isn't it? How many guys could say that about you? I'll watch them, by the way. (laughs) Will you ever see when some some manager, will you ever sort of, you know, scared, but nervous to sort of go and interview certain managers if, if their team lost? Uh, early, early in your career you are, early, but you're nervous about everything. So you're yeah. nervous about doing a stand-up, you know, nervous doing a piece of camera, nervous asking questions. But it's like any job. It's like experience. Is there any particular managers, though, that you're like, hope they win the day? Not, not so much, really. Uh, but it, the other thing you have to remember is, in the early days, it wasn't in the contracts that they had to do right. interviews. Right, Yeah, they didn't have to do it. They weren't contracted. So... A lot of our work was, the early, the early years of Sky were getting people on side because we were new. A, a lot of football was suspicious of us. You know, who are these Johnny-come-latelys? You know, who, who are these guys? So I was the fixer. Yeah, I'm nothing like a journalist at that stage. I'm a, I'm a fixer. I'm a trainee floor manager. I've got to tell, you know, show that we're decent people and look after you and do decent interviews and that. That was our job. And quite a few of them earlier said, no thanks, Don't, didn't want to do interviews. So... Right. But the majority were excellent, and it was it was fine. Who was really good with you? Any manager in particular that were really good with you? Well, <laughs> we fell out with Fergie in the first season, and we, and we were barred. Um, what was that for? It was a QPR game, and there was something going wrong uh, in the game, and he was ranting and raving. At the, he, he, he was not happy, and he felt that we, our cameras lingered on him too much. And he said, right, you're barred. But... Being barred by Strikes Ferguson is a badge of honour. I mean, you too. I'm sure you spoke to loads of journalists. It's so many. Literally, there's hundreds, hundreds. Best ever, though, was Bob Cass, uh, God rest his soul, uh, who Fergie had a soft spot for. 
he, he barred him for life. And the following week, or two weeks later, he sticks his head around the press conference door, Fergie sees it. I told you, you're barred. And he said, I know, Alec, he said, I just want to check, how long is this banned for life? <laughs> just, I mean, who could not laugh at that? Uh, yeah, so he didn't talk to us up until about April, and then for whatever reason he did, and in the running, and that first season, when they win the title at Old Trafford, and with those brilliant pictures of Sir Matt Busby tapping his stick along to always um, look on the bright side of life, yeah. it was just sensational. Yeah. So loads of managers have gone over and above, over and beyond. I mean, early days, David Pleat, we did, they were playing Newcastle in the FA Cup, Luton. Brought us in, did like a boot room special, all the tactics before the game. They win the game afterwards, film it afterwards as well. Fantastic. Oh, brilliant. A lot, a lot of the smaller clubs, because the big five, the so-called big five, um, do you remember who the big five were? No. They, 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 they referred this. to as the big five. Right. Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United... Liverpool and Everton. They were the big five and they, they ruled the roost, as it were, in terms of power. Outside of that, the smaller clubs weren't on television as much. So when they realised there was a chance, you know, it's more income for them but um, advertising their club, they were really good with us. They opened up their doors to us. They were fantastic. So you got to know a lot of the characters from lower down in the table. So and, see, was, and there was 22 clubs as well in the first season. Oh, so there was. So see, within this sky, when did you become like the go-to man for the big interviews? Uh, I don't know. I don't. And you, you, I'm not sure I was the go-to man. I might have been the only man. I might, no, have, been the only, I might no. have been the only person available. Modest, <laughs> very, yeah. Yeah, very modest. Yeah, very modest. Yeah, it just, as it goes along, you're, you're kind of on a roll because you're part of the live team and because you're the live reporter for the live game, you do that interview as well. So it, that just came with the territory. Mm -hmm. there, wasn't, there wasn't like a one moment. Uh, and again, I, I, I've, I've reflected on it extensively. I did some terrible interviews that were disastrous. They went horrendously wrong. Uh, I got it all wrong, either treated the guy badly or was too heavy handed and stuff like that. But those are all learning curves and they're, they're really important. See, you said, Alex, did you ever go head to head with each other? Yeah, a couple of occasions. Did you? Yeah, a couple of that occasions. That would be terrifying. Was it a separate You don't seem if that bothers you. Sorry? You, you seem really calm about that. I would have been... Oh, yeah, at, the time, at the time, it wasn't good. <laughs> at the time, it wasn't good. But again, what I always say about Sir Alex is he's not always a nice guy, but in the main, he's virtually always a good guy. As in, he could have, for whatever reason, have the real hump with you and an explosive temper. But he always tries to do things, you know, and he'd let you know. But once you've, once you've settled the dispute, shake hands. It, it, certainly with me, never held a grudge, went on again. We had, we had a famous bust up in the tunnel at Old Trafford over Ronaldo. And uh, I got it wrong, not so much the questioning or the journalism, but he had a pop at me. And uh, instead of ignoring it and just carrying on with the interview, I, I got all on my high horse, yeah. Don't talk to me like that, you know, don't swear at me like that. And if you spend any time on my company, I'm worse than a, a sailor on shore leave. And my, my language is appalling. So why on earth I'm telling him to mind his language, I don't know. And it just escalated the situation. And he, he barred me then. And I thought about it, I said, I, I got that wrong, I handled that wrong. And my boss, he said, it's your job to work with him, not upset him. Sure, if it's a journalistic principle, stand up to him and we'll back you all the way. But he was quite happy to do the interview. He just said to you, it was over the Ronaldo. I should have said, look, Alec, I'll have a look at the interview. And if I was heavy handed, I'll apologise to the boy. But I didn't. I was like, how dare you? So, so, so did he say you were too much on Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah. Do you think you were? Could have, been, could have been a tad better, but it was almost irrelevant because he wasn't, it was like a, a verbal cuff round the ear. It wasn't like, um, say it's the difference. So say you ask me a question now, which is, not fair or not right. I said, come on, you can do better than that. Would you say, well, oh, okay, or I think that's okay. What you wouldn't do is say, how dare you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Silly, heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah. heavy so did you phone him and apologise? Emailed him, emailed him. Um, saw him. Our next game was a Manchester United game in Rome. No problem at all. Fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Grown men, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, good. I, I, I think he's a terrific guy. I like him. On the subject of Man United, you were in the tunnel the night of the Keenan Vienna with Gary Neville. 
that was at Highbury. So how much do you that get was to see Highbury? Sorry, how, how much do you get to see of that? All of it. All of it. Because not the back end where uh, the actual row took place, but down there, the front with, with Roy staring straight ahead. Because uh, that tunnel was so tight. I mean, you're talking not from the edge of that table to that wall. It's, it's shoulder width uh, apart for two teams. And those teams then, they were absolute monsters. They were huge. The guys in both teams were huge. I mean, Robert Perez, people don't realise, he's six foot two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're huge guys. So, so when, it, when it started kicking off... Is that a surreal moment when you're watching someone like that, that you get to be... No, because we'd, we'd, we'd been around that whole Manchester United-Arsenal rivalry. And it, it... Hatred is probably too strong a word between the players. But it was... They, they didn't like each other and they were deeply competitive. Is that a reporter's dream when there's a rivalry like that? It's not a reporter's dream, it's a television company's dream. A dream of her. It's what you want. So were you kind of told to not mix it, but to stir it a wee bit? No, 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 no. It's nothing to do with us. What, do you think you can go up to Roy Keane and say, listen, this would be good telly. Go and noise him up. Uh, no, but would you ask more questions about maybe Arsenal and Arsene Wenger towards Man United players and stuff? No, 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 no. No. No, no. You don't, you don't, you don't stoke, because that's artificial. Yeah. You don't stoke it. But you also don't underplay it. Yeah. I want you to change your mouth, and I keep doing that to people. <laughs> Try to stir up all the time, Jeff. Honestly, now talk about my United and Arsenal. I remember the the classic game when it was eight. My United won eight two, and yeah. after the game, and you interviewed Arsene, you asked him, "Would he resign?" Is that am I right there? Yep. Did you see? Going into that interview, did you did you know you're going to say that, or did it just sort of not till they got beat eight two. Um, but he was already under pressure and it was already yeah. a difficult situation. In fact, subsequently, Arsene told me when I sat down with my book, he said he felt like hitting me that day. Did he? Yeah. But he said, in fairness, you weren't the only one. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he makes a really interesting point around that. I mean, that's the first time ever, I believe, in Arsenal's history, they refunded the away fans' money. So, it clearly was an unacceptable performance, etc. But I think he told me subsequently he because he, he's he has a different way of thinking. You know the way he brought the diet uh, and the stretching and a different mentality to the Premier League. In the same way he looks at things differently in a very logical fashion. Although he is he can be quite warm at times. Um, he had just they played a game in midweek, a Champions League game. I think they played in Italy. And it was in a real heat. It was either the 8-2 or the 6-1, I can't remember which. And he kind of accepted, he didn't want it, he accepted it was a terrible result. But not, whereas we, everyone in our media. Were- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, and this is unacceptable, he's got to go. He said to me, So, in the season when, so in subsequent years, he said, So, when. Klopp lost 7-2 at Aston Villa. Is he rubbish? Should he be sacked? Mm-hmm. He makes a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you feel at that time you had to ask him that? My, my, my job, or anybody who does my job, is you are supposed to ask the questions that the viewer want 
the answers to. It's as simple as that. It's not about you. It's not about your. Oh, I, I'm going to get. You know, I'm going to get stuck into this subject, or I'm going to ask him about that. What are the questions that the viewers want asked? And that's our job. And when do you decide that, Jeff? Obviously, you're telling about Arsene Wenger one when you maybe seen the eighth goal going, and so are you jotting questions right up until the last? To be honest to with you, by, to be honest with you, by six and seven, I had a good idea which way it was going. But is, that, is that how you do? <laughs> the eighth wasn't the final <laughs> nail in the coffin. <laughs> but is that how you do it? Just throughout the game, you'll think of yeah, questions you, to ask. No, you, you get a feel for it, and it's you, you make notes of the story of the game, what's happened during the game, and you highlight incidents that you've got to refer to in a game of football as well. You know what's happened. Um, so, and then it, it's just it's just feel. You know you know where you're going with it. You know what you want to ask. You know what you're going to do. Do you need okay the questions with anyone at Sky, or is it completely your free reign? No, no. Well, if it was, I'm sure nobody else would own up to it anyway. Have you have you ever been pulled up for a question you've asked from Sky? Yeah, of course. Um, not so much now, but certainly early on, particularly in the early years. Why did you ask him that? That was useless, rubbish question. Or, it's not even phrased properly. Yeah, many, many times. But again, that's a learning curve, isn't it? Your producer's going to do that to us today. Aye. We've asked some of these questions. <laughs> I know. It's going to be the last time we're doing it. <laughs> Jeff, what about... Um, so see when you just said they're asking Wenger, I've said they wanted to hit you. Did you say to him, listen, that's my job? No, he didn't say that at the time. He only told me that I later on, many, I later many, on, many years you... later on. Uh, no, no, no he, wasn't, he wasn't... Not for one... I mean, it's a bit like... He was saying in a way as well, you know, if you're watching your team or your... Uh, there's something on TV, don't know, you say, you say oh, I felt like kicking the telly in. You'd never actually kick the telly in, would you? No, of course of you course wouldn't. So when he said, I felt like hitting you. It's no way you actually hit you. No, of course not. He's, he's, he's far too intelligent and far too uh, professional to do that. It was never going to happen. No, of course. He was just expressing how angry, how upset, how frustrated he was because he could see, in his mind, he could see the bigger picture, what he was achieving at Arsenal and what he was bringing to the club. Exactly. So... That, I think, was an expression of his frustration more than anything else. He just wanted some steamed vegetables and tuna, didn't he? <laughs> uh, the reason I asked you about your kind of asking what questions you can and can't ask is because obviously the famous Ivanovic one. When you, told, one? when you told him he was suspended for the Champions League final and he never knew. I don't remember that. What happened? Was it Chelsea? And he's told hey. us. <laughs> he's got <laughs> Nobody ever mentions that. So, so even like a Chelsea, you know, got a PR guy that you need to say, this is what I'm going to ask now. No. Just... No. So, so... The, the, only time, the only time you would uh, flag something is if you've got like a curveball. Let's just say... Oh, here you go. I'll give you a perfect example. So Tottenham battered Leicester 6-3 at uh, their stadium recently um, and post-match so Leicester have to Leicester City have to put up a play and it's James Madison and that doesn't give me a problem because in that scenario they've been beaten heavily so the club wants to put up somebody who's a decent talker and express their feelings but James Madison had been left out of the England squad that week and it's quite a big story mm-hmm. there's a lot of people think that James Madison should be in the England squad so the player walks into the room Okay, he knows the sort of questions that are coming. But before we start the interview, I said, James, it's, it's a crap time for me to be asking this. But do you mind if I tag on the end? I need to ask you about England. And he went, okay. Good play. So what I wouldn't do is mug somebody. So do that and then go to him. Yeah, and not only get battered today, <laughs> bombed by England as well. Kick him when he's you, can't, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. Somebody taught me very, very early on... Um, we're in the repeat business. So I could go, I, I can't remember. In the what? Oh, I nearly got you back, yeah. That's good nearly for you too. Nearly got you back. That was so good for you too. You're clever, aren't you? <laughs> He's too shut up, sorry. Oh, I've got when, you, when you've spent your whole time around footballers, <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> so uh, you go to a manager, and I said, I can't remember, it was early on in my career, I was going to go and see this manager, and I got all these tough questions in my mind. I said to my boss, what do you think of these? He said, yeah, journalistically, they're all valid. He said, but you're going to nail him to the wall there. Like, you're going after him. He said, you've got a problem. He said, in six weeks' time, you'll see him again, and he'll be ready for you. And also, he'll have told all his mates, hey, this so-and-so, trying to make a name for himself, he'll get us all the sack. Mm. You work together. Yeah. It's not us, and it? You work together. Yeah. So you, just- can't, you, can't, you can't do an interview. You can't do an interview with somebody who doesn't want to be interviewed. 
Nobody can. So say all your questions today. Um, yes, no, don't think That's so. That's the worst, isn't it? You've got no chance because I don't want to cooperate. So you need me and I need you. It's a two-way thing. We need you more than you need us. Let's be I think we can go pitch side with you the next game. <laughs> he could manage on his own. <laughs> Jeff, can we? <laughs> Jeff, we can go pitch side with you the next game in Sky. He's a wee shot at it. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be up to me. That would be up to me. Jeff, that is him. He'd be brilliant on his side. But see, the Ivanovich one, could you tell by his face straight away that he never knew that he was suspended? Again, I, I, I've covered this extensively. And uh, it could have gone an awful lot better. But the, there were there were mitigating circumstances, which weren't which be, only became apparent about two years ago. So I had about ten years of this. There was no problem with Branner at all. There was no problem with Chelsea, but it just looked awful. I'm, I'm the man who shot Bambi's mum on on <laughs> on the night, but he just didn't know. Did I do it deliberately? Of course not. Could it have gone better? Of course it could, but. Great learning curve. Yeah, yeah. Great learning curve. Did you get a lot of stick for that? No. No. I got tons of stick for that. Did you? Yeah. That's I think hard. I realised, I think I realised, because it was the whole, you do realise you're not playing in the final, because he, he just is so confused, he didn't know. It's when I got back That's to the hotel. That's something you would say. I got back to the hotel and I got a tweet from Lee Westwood saying, Jeff Shreves has just said to me, you do realise you've never won a major. I've seen that. <laughs> 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 do, see, in, in fairness, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> see, in terms of social media, do you get a bit of stick on it? Yeah, but social media, I mean, Twitter, all that sort of stuff, uh, Insta, people, people, a lot of people are vile, they're horrible. Uh, I use it for news gathering more than anything else because it's quicker than most things. It's very, very quick. So I follow lots of journalists, lots of, TV presenters, TV reporters, for those reasons. But some of the stuff that people on there, and I've seen it with, um, you know, my kids are 25 and 22. So I've seen what social media does to them, to their friends. And most of the time, these, these are faceless cowards. Yeah. And often as well, you know, it'll be somebody who writes all this stuff. They see you in the street. Oh, I love your stuff. Can I have a picture? Yeah. So, always a case. Yeah. You've you got, you got to be thick-skinned to be on it, which I am to a degree, but also as well, you can't take it too seriously, a, nah. a lot of it. I will say, never forget, the people that are abusive on Twitter, never forget, before it was invented, the same people were writing messages on toilet doors in motorway service stations. So You write your phone number on oh. the toilet doors. Jay, <laughs> 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 okay. what about um, the current crop of managers' wits? Who's your favourite ones to interview now? Okay, let's think about that as a question. So, shall I go on record and say the ones I like don't, the most? No, I don't like. Okay, so let's put this crowd over here. They're numpties who I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these ones I really like, so I'm going to give them an easy time. Is there any ones that stand out, though, that you... Not at all. Honestly. What about, like, my, my, my favourite is the winning manager, because right, by, by, by the very nature of the job, it's easier. What about like, the ones that are coming at the end then who are nearly retired? So I'm thinking, like you said, Holloway, Warnock... Gordon Strachan was a good interview back in the day, no? Yeah. Uh, Gordon was like uh, Kenny Dalglish. He was mischievous. You say to Gordon or Kenny, how did you see the game today? And I say, from the bench. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be on your guard. You have to be sharp. Not malicious, mischievous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Warnock, though, no? Mm. I like Warnock. And we, we done Ian Holloway. He was brilliant. Brilliant Ian Holloway. But you do Premier League, you're not with you, boys. Yeah, of course you do. Blackpool, Ian Holloway. Well, that's I remember right, doing Ian Holloway in uh, when I was at QPR as a player as well. Um, he's a great guy, real character. He used to live near me in St Albans as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You need to be on, the guard, on your guard with you. I know, you've had this. Yeah. I'm, all I'm all, I don't know what to ask you. <laughs> what about, uh, you mentioned James Madison. He is very good. I agree yeah. when he gets interviewed. Any other current players that you, you think are really good? Could you see a Kieran Pundit do maybe for them? Declan Rice, quite a good interview on yeah, Declan's, Declan's young. Declan's good. Yeah. Mason Mount speaks really well. But if you go through each club now, I can, you know, say, so who's top? Arsenal the top. Aaron Ramsdale's a good talker. Mm-hmm. Very good talker. He's, you know, he's got bags of personality as well. So then you go to City, uh, Jack Grealish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just... He's talking to his partner, not Yeah, a, a reporter's dream. Uh, it's not that the other guys are bad, but you're talking standouts. Yeah. Uh, so there's yeah there's there's, there's loads, loads Liverpool Jordan Henderson to give you a good straight answer good talker 
as well. I like listening to Andy Robertson. He's excellent as well. Do you like Andy Robertson? Absolutely. Yeah. Always been a good talker. Hard, Do you think players are more open now to reporters? I think they know they've got a responsibility and also as well, I like what Gary Neville says. He says, a player should approach um, any interview like training or like yeah, a match. That, yeah. Focus on it, work on it. Because now I, I never like the word brand in football, but in some ways it's true. Gary says it's your brand. So if, say, you're a manager somewhere and you, see, you hear a young player or a player speak, you don't really know about the guy. You, you, you like his skills, you like his skill set, and then he just conducts himself in a manner. You think, got a bit about him or her. Yeah. So why not? Who's your favourite player? My favourite player? Um, Is this as an interviewee? <sighs> to interview, who's your favourite you've done? Favourite I've done? Kieran Tierney. Brilliant. Kieran's very good. Amazing. Just a wee bit like Grealish there, as in just speaks like, he's yeah. speaking to his pal. I, that's my favourite, the man yeah, that I like, I like Kieran a lot. Have you interviewed Tierney yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Many that times. Way. Yeah, good, good guy. Good guy. And he's had some really, really rotten luck with injuries. Uh, injuries. Mm. Really rotten luck. Uh, you know, he's a young boy, moved to down south on his own. That's not that's not easy. Yeah. No. yeah. What about any other Scottish ones? We've done McCoyst as well, who's an absolute dream, isn't he? Leg end. Yeah, yeah. he is a legend, isn't he? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. of course he's a proper leg end. Um, <laughs> going back, back in the day or even now, I love John McGinn. Oh, John McGinn. He's, he's another boy, one. Yeah, yeah, good funny. boy. Funny, funny, funny. Yeah, yeah. Just big. Him and Grealish were really good pals, weren't they? Big, big personality. Uh, I think John McGinn is a terrific interviewee. Um, Gary McAllister is an old friend of mine. Um, class, class act. He was a regular pundit on Sky. Uh, really, really good. A good talker. We've never done McAllister. I would like to do He's I mean, had some career as well, hasn't he? Sensational yeah, career. Yeah, and what, and what a player as well. Yeah. Used to stroke the ball. Just, you know, beautiful striker. Lovely. Uh, do, you, do you follow much of Scottish football, have you been honest? If you're being honest, I love that phraseology. Yeah, brilliant, isn't it? I love it when uh, in commentary they say, if I'm being honest, I think it sounds like, what, do you normally lie? Do you normally lie? I don't get time to, yeah. purely because it's hard. It's honestly, the level of information that fans have now is extraordinary. You've, you've got to be so up to speed. Every game I prepare for, you've got to prepare for it assiduously. You have got to do so oh, much homework. You've got to do so much homework. I'm not even across the championship properly. I watch it, I'm aware of the results. I did a quiz on a, a radio show the other day. And I was hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Oh, yeah. Because you're so focused on your own thing. So what, what does preparation look like? So see, you've got a game on a Sunday, three o'clock. When do you start preparing for that? Every day. So I'm not covering the Champions League, but I listen to Klopp's press conference and the exchange he had with my colleague Vinnie O'Connor about what Diddy Hamann said, because that might be relevant on Sunday. Yeah. I'll watch that game tonight as well, or I'll record it actually. I'll watch that and read all the stuff about it for it. I'll go online. I'll look. So it's seven days a week. Uh, never stops, mate. What's your, what was your preparation for this? Just right before we started it, by the way. <laughs> I know about you, because you're my... Honestly, I always I said to Sai uh, months ago about it, you were the first person I noticed and heard so usually when somebody interviews somebody, it's just about like the manager or the player. But I used to notice you and hear you and get a right good feeling about that. So I thought about that when I interview, I want to be involved in it as well. It's no all about the manager and player, it's about the But like you bring well. someone to the interview as well. I, I think and that's what you've done, and that's what I first noticed for you. If you I think if you like interviewing, and and even before I worked in TV, I used to like interviews, I liked journalism. I watch shows like Parkinson, everybody did. I used to think, that's fantastic, what is in there? So stupid, so arrogant. I used to look and think, I'm sure I could do that. Of course I couldn't, not in a million years could I do that. But you just think, the, the art of drawing answers from people. It's so hard, Hank. I like watching Piers Morgan. I like watching, uh, well, I loved Frost Nixon, it's one of my favourite films. Um, there's so many good interviewers out there. I loved it. I can't remember his name. There's a guy who does the athletics on the BBC, and I love his work. And if he's only got a couple of questions. The other thing that's interesting as well is the access that other sports have. You know, some football players say, Look, I don't really want to talk two or three days before a big game. You've got Lewis Hamilton on the grid about yeah. before he's about to risk his life. 
they'll do three or four into boxes as they're walking into the ring and stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's just different. It's different. It's different psychology. Jo- I love I love horse racing. The jockeys they've just won. Capturing that moment, you've that big long pole. Right, yes, around yes. The, you've, you know, you've just won the gold cup or the grand national. Bang! Right You're the moment you want to hear from them, for, don't you? It's funny, it's funny with football because when it's a trophy lift, you've got to let it breathe. There's no written rule. So final whistle goes. They've won the title or they've won the trophy. That moment where they celebrate as teammates is fantastic. You've got to let that breathe. And then when it just starts to come down a little bit, they say, do, do us a quick word, come do us a quick word. And then um, you, you, then you try, you're still trying to capture what that means. Yeah. You've not just done football, uh, not non-football people interviewed, Tom Cruise, Robert Duvall, Robbie Williams, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, who, was your, who was your favourite? I have interviewed Dumb and Dumber as well before. How did that come about? Not just you two, but the actual guys <laughs> at, at the Emirates. They, they had a film out. And most of the time with these things, it's because people... Again, that's what makes... I talked about Michael Caine earlier on. Um, sorry. Just drops another name. Um, <laughs> with <laughs> we are getting the first <laughs> team back up. Forget that, Mia. So it's when people have got a film or something they want to, to plug. So uh, Tom Cruise... And Robert Duval, that was plugging a uh, Jack Reacher movie. But Michael Caine had nothing to plug. He just did it because we asked him. Brilliant. And it's great. What you find as well, like with, um, with musicians, I remember I was, uh, I was with a pal and we uh, were at this after show party. And uh, this guy came up to me and said, uh, and I was with a couple of guys, he said, um, excuse me, uh, you guys look like you're having fun. I'm on my own. Do you mind if I join you? I said, not too. I introduced myself. Pal introduced myself. He said, hi. He said, my name's John Bon Jovi. You <laughs> bitch. He was great. Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. But it was... Did you know who you were? No, just... No. Two random clue. Did you know the clue? But what you find as well is you get people who, in the music industry, and, um, and I'm involved in a particular charity, which is music and football combined, and... Musicians love football. They'd love yeah. to be footballers, and a lot of footballers would love to be musicians. Yeah. There's a real crossover there. I remember playing um, football at Rod Stewart's house one time. Um, Here's that story. Bit, Come on, bit, how did this happen? Well, it was before an old firm game, and he was going up that night, and we shot a feature in the morning to shoot to show before the game, pre-match. Great laugh. Because it's a full love and a sense. He's well. got dressing rooms as well, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, he was good as well. Oh, he was good. He was at Brentford as a boy, as, a, as a, an apprentice. And he said, but I had the choice. He said, I could lay in bed all day and uh, then make music, or I'd get up early and have to go on train. He said, oh, went with the music. He's done all right, isn't he? Jeff, how would you rate your performance today, two interviews? This could be a last. Honestly, I, my hands are sweating with you. I don't know what you've got next for me, honestly. I said, we're the masters, aren't we? Aye, He's skilled us, isn't he? He was so nice at first, he just roped us in, didn't we're, he? We're having fun, we're having fun. Uh, brilliant. Uh, what, Charlie Adams, you nearly drowned him. Is that just a bit of banter as well? We Stoke fans that asked you to do that, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, uh, he's a great lad, Charlie. Uh, talented player as well. Yeah. He, uh, it was, he was at Black, Blackpool, their season in the Premier League. And yeah, all right, cliche. We said, Can we do the film on the beach? So we've set up the cameras like this, and uh, so you're Charlie, camera's here over my shoulder, chat, and I can see, and see Charlie sort of looking a bit nervous. Also. And then the cameraman starts tapping me, and they normally get tapped because you, you're time. I thought, Oh, I've got plenty of time. Anyway, taps me again, so I look, and he's, he's got like that. I look, and the sea's come right in. I've looked, and I thought, It'll Be all right for 10 minutes. I mean, it's all right. Then he's gone. I've looked the other side, it's come round. We're on an island now. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> right, so even with the cat, uh, even at that stage, it's shoes and socks off, roll the trousers up. And we start going, and I'm not joking, it has come in like lightning. It is coming like lightning. So eventually, it's about knee deep by the time we get to uh, the safety of the steps. We're up, we're up there less than two minutes, it's six foot of it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Jeff, is there anybody in the world if you could do one interview with? Do you know who it would be? Football or I'm go football and outside. Aye, football, football and outside. If you go, I'd like to ask you that as well. I'll have you think. Football. I would. 
either Duncan Edwards, because I've read so much about him and learned so much about him. He was this, he, he, people, the way people are talking about Erling Haaland now, they spoke about him. You've only, there's that famous photograph of Manchester United. It goes down the line like this. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this absolute monster with a chest like this. Killed, killed in the Munich disaster. Um, it was was just, he 16 he, when he played to Man United? His, when he made his debut? Yeah. Don't know. I'm sure he was 16. And what about outside of football? Uh, well, you've got to be careful there, because they say never meet your heroes. And funny enough, there's one, because uh, a, a lot of music, as I say, I'm involved in this music and football charity as well. There was one I had a chance to meet, uh, and I turned it down because everything I read about him, he, he just really disappointed. I thought, no, I'd rather, wow. I'd rather keep it as a memory. If it was, um, I know who it is. Mu if it was music, I would say, pro if it was music, probably David Bowie, probably. Ah, if it's music. Wow. If it was music, but have you got a favourite interview that you've done? Not really. Huh? I've never, I've never ever done an interview, walked away, and and then looked back at it after a time and thought that was brilliant. That couldn't have been any better. Never. That's I don't think the, I don't think the perfect interview exists. You can always do something a little bit better. You could have got a bit more, or you could have done a bit less. You could have showed a bit more tact. You could have had a a bit more feel about it. I don't think it exists. I remember when City pumped United recently <laughs> and I said to uh, Pep, I said, I noticed uh, you were annoyed, some of your players, was it because of the three you can see? He said, no, 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 no. He said, they weren't doing certain things. I said, yeah, one, six, three, though, is this, this um, perpetual desire for perfection? And he looked at me, my friend. Perfection does not exist. Seen that interview, bro. Yeah, and he, I understand. I'm not comparing myself to Pep, not for one second. Pub, maybe, not, <laughs> or pub, um, but not not Pep. And I understand what you're saying. It's you, you desire to do something right. You have to balance with what's realistic, you know, and what what is right as well. So. Yeah, I don't think I've, there's ones I'm pleased with. There's ones I talk about. What ones? There's ones that I try and forget. <laughs> you always remember the ones in the moment when a title's been won, or when there's you know a team has achieved something, and it's when you talk to any other journalist. It's where you've worked on the relationship, where you've you've earned their trust, where and they will they will give up. In an interview, it's when people will give of themselves. People can ask, answer questions. And you'll have, you'll interview other people. They'll have answered all your questions, but they haven't really given of themselves. They've mm -hmm. not really given themselves to you. Now, I'm not talking about um, absolute everything all in the sun. Of course, there's a limit. But people who give of themselves, sometimes you get the credit, or you should get the credit as a journalist, because you've created that relationship. Mm. So... That's there's a there's an unspoken trust. I, I, again, I, I talk about it, and I, call, I did a chapter called "The Unspoken Pact." Top top players like Gerard, Shearer, Lampard, they were brilliant with me. Like, you know, when I, when I grabbed Stevie G when I've just won in Istanbul on that night, sensational. And because they trust you, they'll give it to you. Lampard, Chelsea's all-time leading goalscorer, the midfield player. How can it be the all time? Yeah. It's ludicrous. His his goal scoring was was unbelievable. But they don't have to give you, they don't have to give you their trust. They make up their own minds, and that they'll test you. And if at any point you let them down, Done. your history, and word goes around the dressing room like wildfire. And I say, by the way, watch mm -hmm. him. See how you said you went for lunch manager? Did you ever do it with players? Oh, loads of times. Who, what, what of course, ones? yeah, but it's part of the job. It's, it's, no, it's nothing clever. No, but I mean, impressive. outside of the cameras being there. Yeah, loads of times. Would you? Huh? Yeah, loads, hundreds. Nobody wants to go for lunch. Hey, right? where do you think all this comes from? <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you another guy who he's met, Pelly. Yeah, he's met me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that expression. That's uh, that, that's that's stolen from the the late great Brian Clough, who mm -hmm. on, on Celebrity he went. Yes, Sinatra. He's another one. He's met me. Uh, <laughs> what was Paley like? Great. Was he? Yeah, really, really good. Um, for, now, he, 
Right, I keep banging on about it. In fact, this is from the, I had we had the dinner the other night. I'm part of the thing called Legends of Football, and we raise money for Nordoff Robbins Music Therapy. Very big in Scotland. We've got a lot of uh, the centres there, and they sponsor the Scottish Music Awards as well. Uh, no, that's yeah, one of the jewels the Rocks jewels do. But young, there's an awful lot of Nordoff Robbins in um, Scotland, and basically it can be for autistic children, people with dementia. It's learned to communicate, you know, you see people with terrible conditions and it raises funds for them to have music therapy. It's an incredible thing, an absolutely incredible thing. 23, 24 years ago, it was the start, it was HMV Records, did a dinner in London. There was a couple of hundred people, 500 people, had an after dinner speaker uh, and raised money. This has gone on. I've been doing it for over two decades. I'm now the chairman. Um, We've honored Fergie, Cantona, Mourinho, Shearer, Sir Bobby, Sir Bobby, uh, Lampard, Gerard, Wenger, and we've raised about eight and a half million pounds so far. Oh, wow, all, unbelievable. All for music therapy. But when Pele was our recipient, he came over, he flew over, he went to the centre and he brought with him uh, like a little ukulele and he played. He played in the session. He was oh, sensational. It's amazing, isn't it? Really, really, really musical. Wow. Really musical. What is um, that? Nice. Amazing. So, I remember the Mourinho year, him and his agent, George Mendes, they bought virtually everything in the auction. And he bought this Fiat 500. And he, he, he signed the dashboard. And anyway, he bought himself. I can't remember what he paid for it. He rang me two days later. He said, Jeff, I don't want the car. I said, fine, I said, I can't guarantee you I'll get top money for it, but I'll get what I can. He said, no, 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 I don't want the car. He said, you keep it. He said, I don't want it. He said, keep the money. So we auctioned it again the next year, and uh, lovely Jill McLeish, big ex-wife, Alec McLeish, she bought it. And I saw her at the dinner last, last week. She said, the car's still going strong. It's going great. <laughs> still got his signature on the dashboard. So Alex McLeish's ex-wife drives a bit well. Was it oh, his ex-wife, his current wife. Oh, his current wife. Well, what? was it Mourinho's... Hang on, current Jill, give me a slap. Alex, <laughs> Alex's lovely wife, Jill. Oh, for years, right? Yes. <laughs> how does he feel how she's driving a bit of Jose Mourinho's signature on her bonnet? Uh, fantastic, because he's, he, Alec has been a big supporter of our event. So the other night, we had Gareth Southgate and Ellen White, all-time leading goal scorer off the Lionesses. So it's a big England night. Both Big Eck and David Moyes both came along to support. Amazing. It's an England night, so for two Scotsmen to come do that, Tottenham. fantastic. It's great all these guys how and, and, and ladies that are high up still putting on a time and doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. That. You you be as well. People say to me, "Oh, what are footballers like?" People have no idea. Most football, I will say, footballers are like society. Eighty percent, fine, normal people. Yeah. There's about eighteen. So yeah, I'd say about eighteen percent. Yeah, and then about eighteen percent are absolutely fantastic, the most generous, funny, kind, wonderful people. And there's two percent that are maybe not so clever, but the publicity, a lot of publicity goes on the two percent. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I can't mainly out of it. The amount of times uh, footballers with acts of kindness, random things that they've done. I've said, oh, this lad struggling. Within five minutes, there's a video, there's a signed shirt. There's a, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll attend that dinner. Never, ever a question. Oh, yeah. they, do, they do so much. Uh, of course, they get paid a lot of money. Of course, they've got fantastic careers. But trust me, they really put back. Oh, yeah. I, I just wanted to ask you one more question because you mentioned Gerard Istanbul. Istanbul, sorry. Has there ever been a, is that a, was that like a pinch me moment that you were, in, you were there on the pitch involved in something? Yeah, but we've, we've, we've had other ones of those. Um, like? The Aguero moment. I was going to ask you, did you do the Aguero? Were you yeah. on the pitch? Yeah, yeah. The, the Aguero moment was uh, was madness. Um, probably, although we weren't there when it happened, I probably think that Leicester City winning the title is probably my favourite Premier League win out of all of the ones that won. The Invincible season, to be at Highbury, it was the last at Highbury, to see them go unbeaten wow. and leave their stadium. You know, there's so many of those pinch me moments. Uh-huh. You just, you can't get by them. But I was in 99, I was working for radio and I was, uh, I was in the new Camp. Wow. I was working for TalkSport. It's funny, we didn't, oh, have, we, did, we didn't have any passes. So we'd done all the interviews, but we didn't have passes to get down the pitch in terms of the actual uh, interviews. So in those days, they used to have this big, like a big platform that they, they would carry on 
and uh, then final whistles goes, and then they put it in the middle of the pitch, and the players go and get the medal and stuff. So I'm down in the sort of tunnel area where the buses are, and these guys have come out and they've got this great big trophy to go down to go past security. So I've gone around now. I start Tom and Jerry. I'm around the other side like this. <laughs> I've snapped. I've gone along. <laughs> they didn't see me because I'm behind this great big thing they're carrying. <laughs> when uh, Ollie scores, I'm actually sat on the last seat at the end of the Bayern Munich dugout. That's how mad it was. Wow. It was, it was bonkers. It was great that's, fun. That's mad to play at the things you've seen that you've been basically what. Because I'm lucky. Yeah, but, yeah, what a job. Yeah, because yeah, but uh, most other. Football journalists have done the same. Sports photographers have done the same. Cameramen have done the same. It's like, we're very, very lucky. It's our job. See, when you go back to the hotel, do you find it hard to come down? Do you feel that kind of same buzz and emotion that footballers feel, Jay? No, because I'm normally in the bar with the lads. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's ask you a beer going. Let's go. Let's go yeah, to the bar, Jay. Thanks for watching, Thanks so much indeed. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.